0: This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Pulse 95. Pulse 95 live at the Sharjah International Book Fair. Life Beats, Life Beats with Sally Musa live from the Expo Center Sharjah. It's Pulse 95.
1: Now, Ian S. Thomas uh, initially took the safe route in life with a career in advertisement. He made a good living, worked on big advertising campaigns for companies that included the likes of Nike, Levi's, Apple, and so many more. And then he started posting poems online, garnering international attention and acclaim and becoming the best-selling author of I Wrote This For You and Intentional dissonance, uh, such incredible poetry Uh, and we are so excited to have with us here in the studio Ian S. Thomas. Welcome.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: This is so brilliant. You know, you are another uh, poet and author who um, really has just kind of exploded online and now uh, you have an audience that includes the likes of Arianne Huffington, um, Steven Spielberg, amongst many others so talk to us about where this journey of yours started
2: well you know like you said i i I took what to me seemed like a a safe path in life i was a very creative kid raised in a very left-brained academic household where everybody else was really good at maths and computers and i was not (laughs) i i was good at drawing things and i was good at writing things and it I didn't really see a way forward uh, in life with it. I didn't have friends or the family who were authors or artists or anything like that. And so I thought, I guess advertising—you know—I mean, that'll make sure I don't end up homeless on the streets. That <laughs> yes. seems like a, a viable career path. Right. And so I did that, and I, I got really good at it, and I won loads of awards for my work, and um, and that was that was great. It was very fulfilling. And, um, and then one day, I, I went back to my hometown and drove past my old high school and I saw my, my old art teacher outside the school and I, I stopped and I had this conversation with him and he was worried about retiring and what, you know, what he was going to do. And I realized that, like, I had this incredible life, you know, thanks to marketing and advertising and this guy who had this profound effect on me was, was really worried and it made me really reevaluate what I was doing with my creativity. And so, I wanted to make something that wasn't about me. And uh, and advertising is a very egocentric business. And so, after the conversation, I came up with this idea for something called cool "I Wrote This for You," which would be entirely about the reader. You know,
1: talk to us a bit about that, because that you know blew up as well and, yeah. and and became award-winning. Talk to us about that.
2: So, I wrote this for you was this idea that I, that I had about writing to the reader and so I kind of invented these rules for myself where I wouldn't use a gendered pronoun, I wouldn't say he or she, I wouldn't mention someone's age or their race or their location and you know, part of that was, was a reaction to growing up in South Africa, which was you know, obviously during apartheid obsessed with classification. And so I decided, no, I'm going to just write about what I believe is true of everyone, write to the human. And so I started doing that. A friend of mine in Japan, uh, who, we, who I've never met, I still haven't met, was taking these amazing photographs of Japan and he started sending them to me and I started using them in the project. And at some point it just exploded and it started just going all over the world. And, uh, and we were very lucky. And in 2011, we got a book deal and it became a, international bestseller and uh, I've just tried to ride that wave ever since
1: (laughs) yeah you definitely are riding that wave Um, but you know your writing is so it's so raw you know what you very much write about what's going on inside all of us and 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 the things that we can't often express but somehow we read your writing and we just go oh my god I feel that way too
2: sure yeah. Well I, I I hope I'm doing that. I try. I I've often said that my 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 job is to when I find myself in dark places to write my work, my way out of it mm. and then to give that map to other people. You know. And um, because I think that, you know, underneath everything we're very we're all very unique people, but we all feel the same things, we just don't talk about them. We've all had moments of sadness or moments of envy or moments of frustration or moments of and complicated feelings, you know, and um, I've, I've often just tried to write the things that I wish someone else would say to me when I've been in those moments, and I think that's why it's been successful, and uh, I hope I can just keep doing that.
3: Well, one of the interesting things about your writing is you are speaking directly to readers. It says, I wrote this for you, sure. and um, other poetries tend to be a bit more, I don't know, solipsistic, uh, more self-involved. Um, can you talk about... How did that choice come about, the conscious choice to address a person reading this uh, and for you to omit the pronouns and the, the gender and the race and the age? How did all these decisions,
2: these choices come for you? So, so when I was growing up, um, we were one of the, the, the first households in Port Elizabeth, my home city in South Africa, to have access to the Internet. And my brother was a huge nerd. and um, was very interested in the kind of the technical aspects of how does the internet work. And I was fascinated by the sociological, almost spiritual ramifications of it, of of talking to strangers across the earth. Because, you know, before that, like if you wanted to make a long distance phone call, it was an incredibly expensive thing and you knew exactly who you were going to call and you would talk very quickly. And back in those very early days, you were just talking to strangers and the novelty of it was just the fact that you could talk to each other. And so I, I was fascinated by that. And that became a huge influence on me in terms of, you know, part of what I do, I refer to as writing love letters to the internet. Where, you know, these days it's changed. Now, you know, like, you know who your friends are on Facebook, you know who people are. But back in those days, there were like a few thousand people online. There wasn't a lot of people. Right
1: at the beginning, yeah.
2: Yeah, right in the beginning. And it was just the novelty of talking to strangers, Mm. you know. And so that was a huge influence on me. Then again, you know, like I said, like you know, being in advertising, being in this very egocentric kind of industry where it's all about what campaigns have you worked on, what awards have you won, where are you working—that's what and defines you. Yeah, yeah in advertising, it's, yeah. It's, it's 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 that's that's kind of a big part of it, you know, and you're you're always feeling like you're you know trying to catch a train that you can't quite catch, you know. And so, I decided as a reaction to that, as something that I could do in my own time that wouldn't be controlled by anyone else. No boardroom, no crab director, nothing. I would make my own art.
1: We would love so much for you to share some of your uh, poetry with us. Uh, sure. and, yeah. I'll, I'll,
2: I'll read one that I've been reading a lot lately. I usually read it at the end of, of readings. Okay. Um, but I'll, I'll, I'll read it now. This is from my registry and this is called The Light That Shines When Things End. I hope that in the future they invent a small golden light that follows you everywhere and when something is about to end it shines brightly so you know it's about to end. And if you're never going to see someone again it will shine brightly and both of you can be polite and say, it was nice to have you in my life while I did, good luck with everything that happens after now. And maybe if you're never going to eat at the same restaurant again it will shine and you can order everything off the menu you've never tried. Maybe if someone's about to buy your car, the light will shine and you can take it for one last spin. Maybe if you're with a group of friends, you'll never be together again. All your lights will shine at the same time, and you'll know, and then you can hold each other and whisper, this was so good. Oh my God, this was so good.
1: Oh my God, this was so good. Ian S. Thomas is with us. We are here live from the Sharjah International Book Fair. We continue the conversation with him next
0: this is Pulse 95.
1: 95.
0: Keeping it local. Keeping it All local. All day, every day. Pulse 95. Heart of
3: Russia. Russia.
0: The power of the pen. The power of the pen. Open the book on some of the world's greatest writers at this year's Sharjah International Book Fair.
3: Sarah Anderson is an American cartoonist and illustrator. Her comics are semi-autobiographical. They depict the adventures of her, her friends, and her pets. Her book, Herding Cats, won the Goodreads Choice Award in the Best Graphic Novel category in 2018. Discover, meet, and hear from the world's best authors.
0: The Sharjah International Book Fair, October 30th to November 9th at Expo Center Sharjah. Visit sibf.com for all
3: the fine print. Money makes the world go round. Financial terminology and advice for a healthier wallet.
0: When you take out a new loan to pay off existing liabilities or debts, it means you have made a debt consolidation. As a result, multiple debts are combined into a single, larger slice of debt, usually with more favourable payoff terms. These could include a lower interest rate, lower monthly payment, or if you've struck an ideal deal with your lender, both.
3: A little bit fit or a little bit fat? Try some healthy eating tips and not diet tricks you like munching behind the wheel you probably shouldn't unfortunately your waste will count it as a meal but your brain won't just like some people have to drink a cup of tea after each and every meal your brain will ask for food every time you're on the road keep a can of nuts in the car if you must
2: eat right stay light more eating healthy tips coming soon
0: every weekday from 7 a.m. grab a coffee and take a seat at the morning Join me, Ahmed Daoud. And me, Abdul Karim Hanif, for an overview of local and international news, along with the Emirates' latest business development.
3: Plus, special features in the world of innovation and entrepreneurship.
0: For the conversations that matter.
3: And a show that's never afraid to have a good laugh.
0: Take a seat with the Morning Medulus crew. Weekday mornings from 7. Only on Pulse. Mighty Five. Get in touch. Call the Pulse 95 Studio. 600 551 449. SMS 4215. Pulse. Pulse 95. Pulse 95 Live at the Charger International Book Fair. Live beat. Live beat. It's Sally Musa Live from the Expo Center Charger. It's Pulse 95.
3: We are here with the poet Ian S. Thomas. His latest book is Every Word You Cannot Say. And Ian, off the air we've been talking about sources of inspiration sure. and everyday poetry. Yeah. Could you tell us a little bit more about where you draw that inspiration for, for, for your work?
2: I think if you're a poet, um there's something in your brain that when you see a series of words, they move you, and it shouldn't really matter where those words come from. You know, as I was saying earlier on, like when I was a kid, I saw the poster for the movie Alien, and it's got that tagline, you know, in space, no one can hear you scream. And like, that's, it doesn't sound like poetry, but it's genius in terms of like the story that it tells.
1: Yeah, it tells You you everything in one line. Yeah,
2: I mean, if you look at like Nike's tagline, just do it, like, like, is that poetry? You know it's marketing but like you should be able to divorce the the, the magic of the story of the of those three little words mm-hmm. and go like there's something really beautiful in that yeah and um you know i think if you're a creative person you're you just are a creative person it doesn't really matter what medium you find yourself in but writing for me has always been like there's this magic to it and there is this mystery to it and if you if you move these little things like around they suddenly become something more you know and the wonderful thing about writing as well is that it's accessible to everyone it's not like making a film if you're making a film you need like hundreds of thousands if not millions of dollars you need access to all this equipment like writing for me has always been this magical thing that if you just play with things for long enough they become something else you Mm -hmm. know Mm -hmm. yeah
3: and and accessibility as well in terms of uh, the readers themselves because um, there's a lot of poetry coming out that's almost unintelligible uh, yeah. and you're on the other side of that in the sense that you don't do that you speak more directly Sure.
2: can you talk about that choice you made? well I don't know if it was a choice I, I think like you know i'm not going to be disparaging about uh, 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 about other forms of poetry but i think for a, a very long time poetry has been in this kind of ivory tower where it's been reserved for the people who can afford to go to literary festivals or the people who can afford to you know go to university and study it and to understand it and to to develop it and Why shouldn't somebody who works at a coffee shop be able to have something stuck next to the cash register that moves them? Why shouldn't you, if you're having a tough day as a mom, and not be able to find something on Instagram that makes you feel like you're going to be okay? Yeah, it stops being
1: exclusive to an exclusive group of people, an elite. Um, Exactly, and that's what you you put out there. Um, I love so much that you also draw inspiration from your own kids as well.
2: Well, I think like what's happened over the years is I've writ- I've written about different things as I've grown older. You know, when I was in my 20s, I you know had a few different relationships, and I you know would write about the relationships and how that made me feel. And you know, then you kind of progress through life, and you're t- you're writing about the universe and the challenges you face as an individual. And now I'm nearly 40, and I'm a dad, and you know the things that move me are are my kids, you know, like watching my kids grow and watching them, them go through life, yes. you know.
1: Yeah, exactly. Talk to us about, um, you know, writing very much uh, about going through depression. This is something um, sure. that you've been really open up about yeah. and, and people have really responded because we don't hear enough being yeah. talked about experiences like that going yeah. through a really dark time. So talk us through that.
2: Well, I think one of the healthiest things that you can do if you find yourself in a depression or in a, even an anxious space or whatever, is to write. Because I think it's it, writing allows you to have a conversation with yourself. you know. And I think what often happens is we're not even really aware when we're depressed or when we're anxious or whatever, that there is a conversation going on inside of our heads. And so what I discovered years ago when I was really in the depths of a very dark depression, I'd stopped writing. I wasn't quite sure who I was or what I was supposed to be doing. Um, I, I was really struggling, I kind of told myself this really twisted story about my creativity that I was creative because I was depressed, and therefore if I wanted to carry on being creative I would have to carry on being depressed. And through therapy and writing and everything else, you, I realized that like, no, I'm, I'm just a creative person, you know, these things aren't related to each other. And so the, I, I turned a lot of those conversations into a book, my latest one called Every Word You Cannot Say. And it's called that because it's about the fact that, like, a lot of the time we're unwilling to have these conversations with ourselves. We're unwilling to say the things that we need to say to each other, to ask for help, to to admit that we feel these things that society doesn't want us to talk about. Mm. And I'm not quite sure why that is, but I know that if you write about it and if you talk about it, things get better.
1: I love this uh, line from you. We're lying here in the dark because you think this will fix things. But you and I both know the dark doesn't make the bruises disappear. It just makes them harder to see. Yeah. So powerful.
2: Thank you. Ian, could you tell us about the reception to your work? Sure. Um, it's It's been a very crazy journey for me just because, you know, I grew up in a small town on the East Coast of South Africa. And I, you know, the, the, the work kind of going all over the world and finding this audience has been crazy. And then to have you know, celebrities kind of calling it out, like the Kardashians retweeting me and Ariana <laughs> Huffington quoting me in, in speeches and Steven Spielberg quoting me and, and I mean, you know, the crazy thing is I get people who tattoo the things that I write on yes. their bodies. And that's that's a that's a whole thing. And it's 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 crazy because well, know, how did, wait, wait, how does that feel to have someone tattoo
3: your words on their body? It's
2: it's <laughs> it's quite it's quite a crazy experience, you know. I mean and it's, you know, I'll be very honest, like depression and anxiety is still something I still struggle yeah. with to this day. And uh, it's something that I, ha- I have to manage. And it's, it's, it's crazy because I forget like how successful I've been I think that's a symptom of depression. Like, and then suddenly I look down at my phone and this person says, you know, your words saved my life. And I've had them tattooed across my arm. And you, you it's, you know, one of the reasons I write, I think is to feel less alone in the world. And like to suddenly have that connection to a complete stranger is um, is more than I can say. Which is yeah. why the book is what it, is what it's called what it's called, I guess. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. absolutely. So talk to us um, about what you're working on next. What's next for Ian Thomas?
2: So there is a new book in the in in the in the works. Um, it has a working title of uh, "You Are All I See." which is uh, it's, it's effectively right now, it's a book about how you have people in your life that become impossible to forget and the influence those people have on your life, whether it's a relationship or a mentor or a parent or a child. Or
1: whether it's positive or negative.
2: Positive or negative and just exploring those kinds of, 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 uh, of interactions and engagement. And then I'm not quite sure where this is going right now, but I am writing a lot about my kids. Um, because that's what moves me, you know, those are the, those are the experiences I have where I'm like, I can see the fire of the universe, you know, I have these, I have these engagements with them and these interactions and yeah, I've written some stuff. Please,
1: you have to share some.
2: Okay. Uh, this doesn't have a name, it is not published anyway. Yeah. Before your children came, they were told that you would love them. So whatever you do, however you treat them to them, it is love. If you are cruel to them they will think it is love. If you yell at them they will think it is love. If you ignore them they will think it is love. If you walk away from them they will think it is love. And if you are kind to them they will think it is love. And if you are gentle with them they will think it is love. And if you listen to them they will think it is love. And if you hold them tightly they will think it is love. Because we cannot point at anything that exists and say this is love. So you will teach your children every day they are with you what it is. And one day when someone else treats them the way you treated them, they will say, this is love, so teach them well, no matter what you were taught yourself. Wow. And that's, that's about that thing where like, you don't realize that you're always teaching your kids. Like they pick up everything, everything that you do, how you, you speak to your partner, how you, you speak to the people around you in society, how you, you, you talk to a waiter, and especially how you talk to them and kids just don't know they don't they they just assume that whatever you're doing is love because that is the natural genetic biological response to their interaction with you
1: sorry i'm just yeah i'm emotional because (laughs) it's true yeah and your kids are very young they're you know three and nine months yeah and mine are 13 and nine and i see it yeah i know exactly what you're talking about yeah it's you know later on that that you realize that it manifests so your words are priceless
2: thank you they're incredible thank you so much thank and you I appreciate, thank you <laughs> thank you for doing this, same absolute pleasure thank you for having me so
1: incredible to have you we need to mention your session very quickly before we end off the show
2: sure uh it's tomorrow night at six o'clock i hope i've got that right uh in forum one i'll be talking about uh poetry and the future
1: fantastic you have to come down here get here early be there for ian thomas's session hear him speak hear his poetry buy his books unbelievable thank you you so much much. thank you for having me thank you that's it for us here on life beats for another day we are going to be back with you again tomorrow from 10 a.m with the indomitable Stephen ritz make sure you join us then This is Pulse95. Tune in live every weekday from 10am.